0: Well, welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. And I hope everybody's had a great week this week. Man, it's been chilly. I think yesterday and the day before it's been negative 15 where I live here in Nikiski, Alaska. And man, that is cold. I went to go start my uh, car yesterday and the whole the thing when it started. I had to call <laughs> somebody with a with one of those battery. Jumpers. I tried the trickle charger, and it was just too dang cold. And uh, uh, the cold succumbed my my uh, SUV. Sadly, but we did get it started yesterday. And uh, for those of you that tuned in last week, in the last couple of weeks, we've had a lot of shows in the last couple of weeks. We're we're almost to our 300th episode. I think next week we'll hit our number 300. We've been doing this now for. Just about three years, the show, and and uh, it's been just a treasure to do for all of our listeners, watchers, and readers. If you want to help keep the lights on here at Must Read Alaska, just go to mustreadalaska.com. And on the right-hand side there, there's a little donate button. Every $5, $10, $100 helps. We're not funded by some dark web money nonprofit conglomerate like most of the news places are here in Alaska. We are funded by everyday Alaskans really? that just care about conservative news. So we want to thank folks that do help keep the lights on. But without further ado, I have a very special guest today that our, everybody will get to know and everybody will probably go buy a couple of hoodies after this episode. RJ, welcome to the Must Read Alaska show. Yeah, man. How's it going? Thanks for having me. So excited you're on. So tell uh, yeah. tell us a little bit. We're going to get into the, you're, we're going to kind of get into your whole life story through through a series of my questions but let's start it off by telling folks a little bit about how the heck you were in a couple movies a number of years ago I think that story's fascinating just got done watching your TED talk uh, this morning and man you've had quite the (laughs) you've had quite the illustrious life so tell folks a little bit about that story about how you ended up in a couple of cool movies um i don't know maybe 10 years yeah
1: yeah so back in my early 20s um when i started to do all this to myself you know the the tattoo thing here um i noticed that you know nowadays it's kind of a trendy thing you see a lot of people nowadays walk around with like a couple face tattoos here and there but you know i'm 34 now i was in my early 20s when i did this so it wasn't like a common thing back then um, usually back then I met you're in a gang or or what just absolutely out of your mind. Um so I noticed that I had something that a lot of people didn't have. I had a unique look. And um I had just kind of wanted to turn my life around. Like I was kind of, you know, living kind of a violent lifestyle. Um, you know, I was convicted felon by the time I was 21 in two different countries. And I'm like, you know what? Like I can't do this anymore. Like I gotta, I gotta use my quote unquote disadvantages to my advantage. And if you watch the TEDx, it was called, you know, uh, bridges over barriers. And how can I use things in my life to help catapult me into a new life that would normally be used against me? And how can I use them for me? Um, one of the things obviously back then was, you know, you look the way I do, you know, getting into, you know, print. So like photography or modeling, uh, music videos, movies. And I, uh, there's this website. I think it, it might even still be out there to this day called Actors Access. You pay like five dollars to be on this website. You know, you can upload a couple of headshots or whatever. And I legitimately found on there. Um, and at the time, I was doing some MMA fighting, so I was doing some training. Um, and they were looking for um, extras to be in like some gym scenes of this movie that I was going to film in Pittsburgh. You know, I'm in Erie, Pennsylvania, so Pittsburgh is only about a two-hour drive from us two hours south. It's like, oh yeah, I know I'll give this a try. It was like a two day shoot, you know, paid a you know, hundred bucks for 12 hours, whatever it was. We'll give it a try. And when you, when you sign up for these, these roles or these gigs, they don't really tell you like, hey, it's this production company filming this movie. It's like, here's the working title and you have no idea what you're getting into until <laughs> you get here, right? So when I sent my stuff and they contacted me immediately, they're like, we definitely want you in. Here's what you're going to be doing. Show up next week on this date or whatever. So I show up that day and uh, I'm in line and I'm with like 50 other people. I'm like, oh man, like this is one of those things where I'm just going to be like the little guy in the back where no one's going to ever see. I'm standing there in line and I was pulled away right away. And they're like, you come with us. And I'm like, am I getting like, do I look too crazy? Like I'm already getting kicked <laughs> off set. Like what happened? And they are like, we actually want to know if you want to be one of our main, um, one of our main um, actors, one of the fighters in the movie, like an entourage guy with them throughout the movie. I'm like, yeah, you know, what does that entail? They're like, well, we're probably gonna need you for filming for like a month and a half in Pittsburgh. And I'm like, okay, all right. So we're kind of talking a little bit bigger than just like a two day shoot. And, um, you know, they had told, we had realized at the time that this would be a movie through Lionsgate Films called Warrior. And uh, I said, yeah, sure. So my guy, his name, um, um, his acting name in the movie was um, uh, Mad Dog Grimes, but his name's Eric Apple. He's a professional MMA fighter. And in the very first scene that day, you know, I've never done any acting. I don't know what's going on. Some guy <laughs> 14 years ago named Tom Hardy came in. No clue who this guy was. He wasn't who he is now. And, you know, we were filming the gym scene. And if you watch the movie Warrior, that's the movie that this was. Um, it's the gym scene where Tom Hardy tunes him up, tunes my guy up. And I had multiple conversations with Tom Hardy through the day. And he's like telling me about like this movie he's going to get into. and. Then, um, you know, there's some um, Charles Bronson or something like that, some other movie he did. And I'm like, this guy's just making stuff up. Like, this, I've never heard of this guy in my life. And now here we are 14 years later. And it's like, you know, he's one of the biggest actors out there, which is awesome. Um, so, yeah. So I ended up kind of staying in Pittsburgh for about a month and a half. Um, came home, I think, on Sundays, went back down, stayed down there for a week and did the filming that I had to do. Um, and in the movie industry, you know, they film you in. 100 different scenes and by the time it actually makes the movie are like three of them and that's kind of what this was um but the cool thing was is like during my last week or two on set um i was pulled aside again and they're like hey the marketing director for landscape films is here and they were looking at f- from uh, some still shots that they take during the filming process and they're like who's this freaking maniac looking guy they're like oh just some <laughs> extra from erie pennsylvania whatever well, his name's Tim Palin, or Tim Palin, and he's the marketing director for Lionsgate, but he also does professional photography. So he had this uh, concept where he wanted to create basically a coffee table photography book called The Men of Warrior, and it would have the four biggest actors in the movie. Tom Hardy, uh, Joel Egerton, who's now a huge name actor, uh, Nate Marcourt, he's a UFC fighter, then my fighter, um, Eric Apple, and then they wanted just this background extra because I had face tattoos in the book. So I got, I had the privilege of doing that, you know, photograph for this big book. Um, you know, it's in stores online, all that stuff. And then a couple of years later, when the movie was finally getting ready to release, they contact me and said, Hey, well, because you did this, this, and this, and you're so recognizable in the movie and you the photography book, we want to invite you out to the red carpet premiere. And I'm like, my mind's blowing up. I'm like, like how the hell did I go from being like a one day casting guy to be in a gym scene? So now they're flying me out to you know Hollywood to be able to walk the red carpet and hang out with these people. So, um that was definitely an experience um so I did that that was called warrior um same website I sent something in for a music video um had no idea who it was for they they call me two days later like oh yeah we need you to come out to Staten Island next weekend uh for this music video it's for Jay-Z I'm like what in the hell is happening right now (laughs) and this was just like a couple months I think after I was filming the movie stuff so that's when I realized like okay you know what like there's this niche market that I that I fit into that there's not a lot of people out there who are looking to do stuff like this. Again, because a lot of people look like me were, you know, gang affiliated or whatever it was, where like they're not thinking, hey, how can I actually do business and and make something out of my life looking the way I do? Um see, I was in a Jay Z music video. We filmed that uh it was a night one night shoot um in Staten Island in New York. Uh, Jay Z, Rion, and Kanye West. That was a music video called Run This Town. So that was fun. Um, awesome. So, yeah, you know, I kind of did that stuff for a couple of years, and this was smaller budget stuff. Um, but I haven't really gotten anything lately. Um, I went out to Pittsburgh again, actually, a couple months ago to film for um, a one day shoot for that TV show called uh, Mayor of Kingstown.
0: Oh, man. That, um, uh, that, that show is awesome. I don't know if you've seen it. I mean, yeah, you're obviously on it now, but I don't know if you've seen it. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I, bought, I I was a huge fan of. it. That's the only reason why I signed up to go out there for it. Um, so I went out there for a day. Again, I don't know if I'm gonna make any of the cuts. Probably not. But it's in season two that's airing now. So yeah, I I try and do some of that when I can. Um, if I have free time, and it's one of those things where it's like you either have to fit the role, exactly like they're looking for a gang member or a prisoner or something like that, right? Yeah. Or I just I don't
0: I don't get involved. So. So you had some uh, success. You come back. And you start your own clothing company. Tell me the story about how you started your own clothing company. And, you know, um, maybe some of, you know, what does that look like for, you know, people out there are going to listen and they want to start their own clothing company. So what was that like for you?
1: Right. Um, You know, I I first start off by saying, um, and I always say this, I speak at a lot of schools. I've even spoken in prison since like the shows come out and stuff like that it's hard for me to give advice to startup because I didn't start it to be a business. I literally started as a hobby. So I literally go into these schools or wherever a business. And I'm saying like, I can't really give you advice on how to start a business. Cause I didn't do it to start a business. I did it as a hobby and I somehow, you know, closed my eyes and seven years later I'm here now. Right. Um, but it was basically, you know, I want to do a hobby um, or have a hobby. I had just gotten married at the time, bought a house with my ex wife and was ready to kind of, quote unquote settle down and um i was always interested in the clothing industry um i I toured with some bands for some years before that so i was in charge of like getting merch printed you know our merch that we would take on tour or go go to shows Uh, so i came with the name came with came up with the logo the concept and i literally started it with it was back in 2015 uh right out of my house i I started with 300 bucks um i i Bought as much clothing as I possibly could with three hundred dollars, put it online, sold out in a week, week and a half. Flipped that three hundred. Now I'm sitting on seven hundred. ordered as much inventory as I can with seven hundred. I kept doing that for the first couple of months until I'm, you know, just you know, making you know thousands of dollars off this clothing line that was never supposed to be really anything serious. Um, kind of learned as I went along. Um, didn't really take out any loans. Kind of bootstrapped it for the first couple of years and. Uh, by the end of the first year, I was actually in my first brick and mortar. Um, it was a store that was attached to a tattoo shop, uh, surprisingly. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, I took that over, opened that up at the end of my first year in 2015. And then it was a few months after that where I realized that I was kind of onto something. Um, and for me to continue to take it to the next level, I was going to have to uh, give up my full-time job um, because again, you know, going into this, I was a convicted felon in two countries, shouldn't have any good jobs. I shouldn't be able to do anything with my life. And I got lucky enough to get a job, my foot in the door with the city of Erie um, in their public works department as a refuse or a carrier, so a garbage man basically. And um, worked my ass off for a couple of years and I ended up getting um, offered a full-time position. So at the time of 2015, when I did this, I was making really good money. I was pension, yeah. benefits, health insurance, you know a city you job set, you could um, do that job for the next set,
0: 30 40 yep. years and, and be I, and retire like with 20, a million bucks in your account
1: <laughs> right yeah i was like 25 years old i was young already had years in full time and so when i started this business or the clothing line on my house i didn't even know what the word entrepreneurship even meant right like i wasn't in the entrepreneurship scene i didn't know what all that was i didn't have connections or know anyone um so i was kind of just figuring out things on my own and Again, going into April of 2016, so basically a year after I started this hobby out of my house, I decided to throw in the towel with the city. Um, I, I, technically, I retired. That's what we had to call it because uh, nice. I, I pulled my pension. I pulled all that stuff and uh, went full time with the company. And It's been, a,
0: been an adventure ever since. So, in, in most people's lives, when they make that, um, there's going to be a point if they have a side hustle to eventually decide, does this side, should I quit my full-time gig to do the thing that I'm really passionate about? Tell, right. tell, talk to me a little bit about that and um, what that was like for you. That moment you decided to jump all in with your clothing company, describe, describe that for us.
1: Yeah. So for me, how that worked, I, uh, I didn't really know. How to go about it, right? Like I had a business mentor at the time and she was awesome for me in the beginning, helped me get started and I could go to her for advice or whatever who she was kind of in the entrepreneurial scene. Um, she had meant to help mentor some other people and stuff like that. and I said, I just feel like I'm a candle burning at both ends, right? You know like I'm one person, one side of me, I'm doing my business or clothing line the other side of me, I have to work 40 hours a week plus some in the winter. know, doing the plowing and stuff that I did for the city at the time. And, and, um, you know, I I tried to last out as long as I could working with the city. And uh, I said to her, I'm like, what, like, when do I know that it's the right time to do this? And she said, you'll never know. know, You'll never know when the right time is. If you want to wait for the right time, you're going to be waiting forever because there's never the right time to do that. And it made absolute sense. Like, it, for me, it just got to the point and and the best advice that I could give is when you feel like your business, like if you have a full-time hustle and you have your side hustle, right? If you know that your your side hustle can grow and keep going, but you're just not capable of putting any more time or energy or effort into it because you have this nine to five or whatever this career is over here and you want it to get grow, that's when you got to start making some decisions, right? Um, because if not, you're gonna stay at this level for how long and you might miss that one chance or opportunity. You know, I sound like Eminem over here, you know, miss your chance or one <laughs> shot or whatever. Um, but if you don't if you don't take advantage of it while you have that had that passion and have that hunger to grow that, and a year from now, you might you might have lost that opportunity, right? Um so for me it was just it was the right time, even though there is no right time, right? Um And I just said, you know what, I'm just, I'm not going to think about it any longer. I don't even know if I can financially make it work, uh, but we're going to give it a try, right? Um, Because if I don't do it, I'll I'll never, I'll never know if it would have worked.
0: So one day you're minding your own business, you're running your clothing companies, you're, you know, doing your own social media stuff and a film crew and a guy named Glenn Stern walks into your city. Tell me about, tell me about that experience of being a part of a um, a very impactful kind of undercover reality TV show called Undercover Billionaire. The, tell me about that experience of being on it before you even knew kind of what it was.
1: So yeah, the, the backstory, the reality, the reality behind the reality show, <laughs> right? Um, is that production company contacted me a year before they started doing this filming. But how it happened was it was through an email. And they said, hey, we're a production company from California. And Erie is one of a few cities that we're scouting right now to film a documentary called The American Dream. Um, it's about this guy named Glenn Bryant, blah, 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 gave me a whole pitch backstory story to this Glenn Bryant guy. And they basically want to film a documentary of him going to a city and being able to help him start a business from the ground up. And they said, you know, do you mind getting on a phone call? So I got on a phone call with them. Um, her name was Melinda. Um, and she's awesome. And she said, you know, this is what we're doing. Um, you know, if we come to Erie, do you mind if we show up at your, your store and kind of ask you some questions in interview? I said, yeah, sure. Like count me in, let me know. This is a year before filming. So, um, we we're in contact back and forth a little bit over a couple of months. I'm like, Oh, like, I think I might've just got like scammed somehow because they're not coming here. I'm not really <laughs> hearing back anymore. Like, did I, did I give them my card information? Like, I can't remember if, like, if I gave them anything. And, um, like I even looked up the production company, they seem legit online and it was towards the end of the year where I finally got a, a callback or a response finally. And they said, oh, you know, Glenn's health kind of, um, took a hit and he had to figure that out, but we do plan on coming within the next couple of months to, to begin the, um, the, uh, the filming for the documentary. Uh, and we'll, we'll let you know, we're going to come first. We're going to come meet you, come check out your store, whatever. And I'm not trying to like ruin the show. Like this is obviously how it had to happen. But there were there a lot of how it did happen. It was reality though. Um and not set up. So they come here, they interview me, they say, you know, we got your name from the local uh film um office here. Um, you know, we said we're looking for local entrepreneurs and business owners. We love your story. We think that you and Glenn would be a great fit together. Um, do you think that the day that Glenn makes it to Erie? he's going to need a job. You know, do you think that you would, you could help help him out? And I said, well, I mean, I don't know the guy. I'm not going to say yes, but I'm not going to say no. Like when you guys get here, we'll see if I'm hiring or can use some help. Great. If not, I am just not going to pay this guy that I don't know to do a job for me that I don't need to pay him for. So, uh, that's how that all happened. All right. So it was a couple months down the road, a couple months down the road. Um, yeah, you know, I get the call and say, hey, you know, he's looking for a job. And we saw that, you know, you had Zad, you know, out there hiring and um, kind of the rest was history. So that's kind of how I met, quote unquote, Glenn Bryant.
0: Nice. Um, so he lands I'm, and then you guys are obviously getting to know each other for the first time and how you interact and how you can. All that is probably, you know, for the most part, they're catching. And that's that's you actually interacting with him, getting to know right, him for the first right, time. So. Tell me about that yeah. experience because if somebody goes back and watches Undercover Billionaire, it is quite fascinating to see. Um, it's a good dis- uh, depiction of just people interacting with each other for the first time, being willing to yeah. kind of lend an olive branch. So tell me about some of those learnings that you had while you were being filmed for what, what was probably weeks, weeks and weeks at a time.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, my first interaction with Glenn was
0: super comfortable
1: um i I wasn't sure how to take it you know obviously i knew you know after he had called about the job and i said yeah you know come on in i knew there was going to be you know a documentary um being filmed um you know i knew a film cruiser shop i didn't know to that extent though you know when they walked into my store like my first you can actually see me looking i'm like okay like you told me documentary i'm thinking like a little handheld like vhs camera they've got like (laughs) five guys with like movie film cameras on their shoulders you know, APs or PAs or whatever. And I'm like, this, what is happening? So again, like we knew that we're being filmed. We knew it was a documentary. Um, we just didn't know what the hell was really going on, right? Yeah. Um, So I hired him and him and I clicked instantly. We linked and we had a lot of, um, a lot of personal time off camera that we got to spend together um, that obviously didn't make it where him and I just, you know, we chatted we bonded. Um, there's a lot of, lot of links that were like, wait a second, like you do this. Well, this is something I do. Now, keep in mind, that I just think that this guy, is some you know, fifty-four-year-old guy who
0: is so just like going like to start this a a for the first time or something like that.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And so we have like all these little mutual kind of weird kinks and connections together. And I don't know who he is the whole time. And 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 I'm glad I did it. You know, people ask me all the time. They're like, well, you know, would you have treated him differently? And I'm like. I don't know if I would have treated it differently, but I'm glad that he got the real side of me and 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 I got to meet a side of him that he doesn't get to portray a lot in his life, you know, because of who he is out there. Yeah. Um and during the show, there's even an interview where he says he's like, you know, I have to question people's um you know their their uh their you know integrity behind why they want to talk to me, right? Because they know I have money. Like, do they just want to be yeah. my friend because I have money? Or do they really want to be my friend? Yeah, everybody so has an me. angle
0: probably when they get to know him. Right, right. So um, did did you, when he actually said, you know, who he was, really, if, you know, if you watch, if people watch the show, it looks like you're going to punch him in the throat. <laughs> yeah. Was that, I mean, was that upsetting when he actually had to tell you, okay, I'm actually not this dude, I'm a billionaire guy. <laughs> I I want to say that I was upset.
1: Um, I think that for me, it was one of those things where, like, some of us had our questions, like, who is this guy? Like, things kind of seemed off a little bit here and there. But we were so far into the point where it was like they could have told us anything and we wouldn't have been like, oh, we got, you know, gypped or we got, you know, you know, tricked on because, like, we had so much – already into it right you know blood sweat and tears into this project of whatever it was when they could have told us anything and we'd have been like well it's not going to change what we just did so like now what right yeah um i didn't expect that though i definitely wasn't expecting that outcome um i think more so i was shocked that i didn't know like i was like i could usually pick up things and people and stuff like that um so i was kind of just more so shocked. I think um, with my reaction, a lot of people asked me about that. You know, your reaction seemed like you were like upset or angry. And I think I was just like still in shock trying to like let that sink in what he just told everyone.
0: Yeah. So what, what was your biggest takeaway from it? Um, besides, you probably got a new uh, person that you call your friend and Glenn. Yeah. Um, what was some of your, you know, one of your biggest takeaways from the experience?
1: Oh, God, there's honestly, there's so many of them um and and to be honest what a lot of people don't know is off camera um so keep in mind even when he told us that at the end who he was and then we finished the show out you know the restaurant opens at that time we didn't know that it was a tv show right so it's not like he revealed them to him but he didn't say oh also this is for discovery right we're still thinking this is just some documentary might be on netflix whatever it is um it actually wasn't until literally two months before the show even aired on TV. It was like like a month or two after they left. And they have every single one of us get on this conference call with the production company. They're like, oh, by the way, we got some exciting news. Um, this is a show for Discovery Channel. And by the way, it's gonna air in a month and a half on national TV. So you guys gotta prepare yourselves for what it's about
0: to happen. And <laughs> by the way, you're gonna have uh, you know, uh, you're gonna have a fan club in about a month and a half. Yes.
1: Yeah. And, and then they're like, RJ, we also need you to call us after this. And I'm like, oh my God, here we go. And so that phone call, they had me come out to the, um, I think they call it the Television Critics Association, like the TCA or something like that, um, where basically, you know, every main um, national um, channel or, or or network or whatever, they have their own where, hey, these are our new shows we're going to be broadcasting in the next season coming up, blah, blah, blah. So I got to get on a panel with um, Glenn. Uh, The producers, the directors, stuff like that and do like this live panel thing, which is pretty cool for the show. Um, But again, what a lot of people don't know is while he was still here after we finished filming this documentary, um, I found out who he was. I know who he is now. So now we can actually start having real conversations like, okay, so tell me about some of your life that you weren't able to tell me before. And this and that, blah, blah, blah. And um, I had my like 30 second Shark Tank pitch to him. I said, all right, here's the deal. And I drove to my parking lot of, I'm actually just a few weeks ago, I closed that location down. Um, But the store, this location I was looking at, I wanted to open and grow my business. And I drove him on purpose into the parking lot there. I'm like, that location right there. I'm like, I really want to grow the business. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. I like, here's some financials. Like now that I know who you are and you can actually really help me out instead of just, you know, stroking me a check at the end of the show, um, which I actually did. I got in trouble because I wasn't taking the check. Even after I finally said yes and took it from him for the camera, after it, I tried to get back. I'm like, I, I can't take the check. Like, I'm not going to do this. Um, and I literally, he yelled at me. He's like, no, you're going to take the goddamn check. He's like, that's <laughs> the least I can do for you right, right now. Um, but I I said, well, are you willing to help me? Like, as a partner or whatever it is, I hand him my financials. He, like, opens it up for three seconds. He's like, we can make something work. So he's actually partners with me on Iron Empire since that day. That's awesome. Um, and yeah. helped- he helped me open up that store, helped me grow the business significantly over the last few years. Um, you know, I've been out to California multiple times. He's let me stay at his his guest house that's you know is considered a mansion where I'm from um, one of the most humble guys that, that you know you'll ever meet. It's funny because people always ask me, well like is he as is he as nice and humble as he in real life as he is on a show, like thinking it's a front, and I'm actually like he's actually more nice and humble off air. Because I feel like he needs to, not like, not that he's got to fake it for the TV show or for the cameras, but like, you've got to like fit that image, right? But off air, it's like, you know, we would go to restaurants in California or whatever it is, just sitting there, Mind his own business. He's not, you know, flashing his money around, not doing this, not doing that. Um, Just one of the most humble and nicest guys you'll ever
0: meet. Well, it sounds like you got a good friend from the experience, which man, if that's worth its weight in gold, no matter how, absolutely that person has any especially you know as man as i get older having friends that will have your back no matter what i mean that's a um uh something that does not come often in this world so that's pretty awesome that you were able to at least get that from the show and sounds like your business is growing so what's next for you 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 uh you got your own clothing company it sounds like your business is growing what's next on the docket for you
1: yeah. Um. So as far as Iron Empire goes, um, I just had to minimize some locations, trying to go through a regrowth process, and then some condensing some stuff. Um. So like right now, I'm currently in my mall location where we sell like a retail store, a retail brand, and then we do our screen printing. So I do screen printing for other companies or whatever it is. Um. We're getting ready to open up a new location here in our mall to move out of here because we kind of close that store and kind of condensed this all up in this location. And it's just we don't have enough space. So. Hopefully, with the next few weeks, I'll be in another store here for Iron Empire. Um, do some renovations, get that open, um, and that's kind of a. Uh, nobody really knows about that yet. I haven't even announced that. Um, and then this year, I'm working on two other projects. Um, really, don't want to put too too much out there yet. Um, but one is affiliated with Iron Empire, but not in the clothing industry. Uh, but it'll be branded as Iron Empire. And then another thing is just a completely off the wall idea that i had and and brought it to some people and and it's actually sounds like it's a pretty promising you know business idea so i'd like to hopefully have that launched and and something going here within the next few months as
0: well nice so how can somebody find your clothing company give us the websites and the facebooks and the social media there's gonna one of there's gonna be people like i gotta go find this guy's clothing this guy sounds like the most epic person i've ever heard in my life (laughs) oh my god i don't know about that
1: um but yeah, you can go to it's just ironempireclothing.com. dot uh, com. you can purchase any of our stuff off that website. Um, I have another brand that I started last year called Valley of Dreams. It's kind of like under the Iron Empire umbrella, it's just a new, a new face to what we do. You know, it's not Iron Empire. It's it's a different brand, but it's under the same entity. So it's just a new look, new feel of some different clothing. Um, you know, find me on Instagram, uh, and I post a lot more of my personal. I don't post too much business. Um, on from my page but that's um at rj underscore iron Empire, my instagram um i've got youtube channel out there i don't really do much with that anymore but there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff on that like if you weren't watching this and you saw the show um we talk a lot about the underdog stuff and behind the scenes i have like a little video behind the scenes blog going or vlog or whatever you call it there's like 20 some episodes over the last couple of years
0: um but yeah i mean nice. you can find us pretty much anywhere well, for folks that are listening, we're going to do a fun little giveaway. If if um, somebody that's listening to this podcast on the face on our Facebook post, we'll pin it to the top of the page. If they like, comment, share, or tag a friend, you can enter to win a uh, twenty five dollar gift card to M- Empire Clothing. And so um, you could do all those and have five entries. For all I care, so um, feel free to like, comment, shag, t- share, and tag a friend in this Facebook post as you're listening to the show and you can enter to win a $25 gift card I'll literally put your, all the names in a hat awesome, and buddy. draw somebody. So um, RJ, any last cool. things before we head off here?
1: No, man, just thanks for having me on. I, I know we were talking
0: before this, but you've been
1: trying to get me on this. I feel like since the show came out and I'm like, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. And then my <laughs> life is just an absolute mess. So it never happened. So I'm glad we were able to finally do it. And, um, I'll be letting you know when I'm ready to come out there.
0: Awesome. Well, we it, got wish got you nothing nice but. I'm
1: ready.
0: I love it. We wish you nothing but success here at Must Read Alaskan, and, and this is a great story of of being an entrepreneur here in the U.S. and and being successful and going through the ups and downs and the valleys and the peaks. And so, for folks that are listening and maybe they only caught the last ten minutes or so, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to the whole thing, and you will get a a, a really awesome picture of what it looks like to be an entrepreneur. Um, and be successful and take some risks along the way. Uh, We'll put uh, RJ's links into the podcast description as well as the link to the the, uh, very wildly popular uh, show that he was on for entrepreneurs called Undercover Billionaire. So RJ, we wish you nothing but success. Until next time, I'm John Quick from somewhere in Alaska. Thank you.